0: Hello and welcome back to the Holtcast. As usual, I'm James Rushton and I'm, I'm really happy to welcome welcome this man back. It's
1: Danny Raza. How are you getting on, sir? Doing well, man. Just back from the international break, obviously. You know, uh, rocking back into the, into the Villa podcast, of course, the Holtcast. And uh, I'm excited, man. It's been a while since I've been able to talk Villa, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, it's
0: worth giving a uh, a massive shout out to Phil Vogel. Of course, he was uh, able to courageously step in and fill your... Uh, Pretty decent shoes. Those brogues, I think he was able to step into. <laughs>
1: brogues. No, F- Phil was fantastic. Obviously, I listened into the last couple and, you know, obviously, Phil is uh, a fantastic podcaster. Uh, and of course, you know, a very, very good writer on um, the Holtcast website. So, I mean, you know, uh, 7,500 to Holt, obviously, as you call it. Um, you know, it, it won't be the last. If, I mean, if, if any of you are Phil Vogel fans, it won't be the last you've heard of him, of course. I'm, Phil, Phil Vogel, obviously, has uh, done a tremendous job on the Holtcast.
0: Yeah, yeah, man. I think uh, I've been thinking about getting, I mean, my podcasting software allows me to have three people in and I haven't tested it out yet. But I think there could be a means for that if the schedules line up. Um, I think, yeah, reaction to Phil was really good. So uh, thanks for being so supportive of him uh, appearing. He's not. He's not no novice. To broadcast he handles a lot of really intensive work exactly and um, if you follow him you'll know um so he's working at the top of his game and uh, i think massive plaudits for him to step in at late notice um but we wanted to get a show out we wanted to let you concentrate on your life daniel could you provide us with a tiny update on what's been going on in your life oh, so i think you've got a bit, a bit of an announcement haven't
1: you i mean it's i mean it's been announced obviously it's not not much of an announcement i guess but like i um basically have gotten back into working in journalism full time. Well, I say journalism. I'm working as a broadcast assistant now at the BBC, which is great. You know, um, uh, last few months I haven't really been doing much. I mean, obviously since the TV show uh, finished, uh, so it's great to obviously have a reason to be watching sport other than just for watching it for fun. Um, but uh, you know, I say that, but I'm you know I'm really just enjoying myself now, um, and I'm hoping I can really make a you know a decent journalism career out of it. So technically, can we say that you're like I am joined
0: by the BBC's Danny Raza. Can I say that? Well, <laughs> is that is that will that blow your ego up? Too no, much? I
1: mean, look, I'm only back of the house. At the, you know, for now, you know, that's that's the, that's the that's the kind of work it is, you know. But um, you know, as as I say, it's it's good to be focusing on sport and and reading a lot about it, and basically it means having to keep up to date with it a lot, uh, you know. But uh, in terms of podcasting, in terms of being front of house. Uh, the, the whole cast is the only place you're going to be hearing from me for now, anyway.
0: Wow, so we, we best keep it going and we best keep it going every Sunday as well. Um, what I will say, man, is uh, it is fantastic to have you back. Thanks. But we missed out on, we did miss out on Villa on the weekend, didn't we? It was the weather. We meant to play QPR. QPR meant to head up to town. They did make it to Birmingham, but the game was cancelled due to weather conditions. Um, a quick word on it, it's not much to say, but uh, a lot of people were pretty ticked off about it. Uh what's your thoughts on that the uh, postponement? It was moved obviously to midweek the 13th mm. of
1: March. But Daniel, what's your thoughts on that? I've heard a couple of opinions. I've heard a couple of people saying, oh, you know, all the snowflakes on Twitter getting it cancelled. It's not it's it's not Twitter. Let's be let me just be serious for a second. Twitter did not cancel the football match. Uh, you know, fans uh, on social media did not get the match cancelled. Clearly there was a decision made that, you know, safety uh, you know there was serious safety issues with the weather i understand that there's frustration in this country the the fact that there is so much more sort of panic when there's bad weather like that in this country than there is abroad but the thing is you know we we're, we're not used to it we're not prepared for it i'm sure you know the train companies aren't prepared for this kind of weather it's just it's 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 just not normal in the middle of um well you know, on on the on the front end of of, of spring, uh, so if a decision was made that it was unsafe, then it's unsafe. You know, we had people trapped on trains over the weekend. You know, overnight for a lot of people. You know, it was, it was power shortages when it came to it. So clearly, you know, there, there was issues for people, and it, it just means that now on Tuesday, I understand that some people are not going to necessarily be able to make it but you know there would have been just as many people who weren't going to make it anyway on 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 the saturday um with, with all the road closures and everything so yeah i mean it just it just makes the the match more accessible and uh, i like that villa obviously uh, handed out the the lunches they made for staff to the homeless as well so it was a it was obviously well thought out
0: yeah, I think it was a really brilliant gesture from Aston Villa to do that. And all in all, it was a positive day. I think there are a lot of people who got swept up in the emotions and uh, felt a bit like, um, oh, I'm really pissed off that Aston Villa haven't played. I'm really pissed off that I've made the journey. I'm really pissed off because I was excited. And I think it's uh, good that many people have actually realised that maybe they were too angry or too hot headed and, and climbed down and apologised. I don't think it's a, that's not something we see a lot. On social media uh, apologies or climbing down. But I digress, mate. We actually do have some football to talk about. We head up to Sunderland on Tuesday. Uh it will this will be out of date quickly, I get that. So um any thoughts on the Sunderland match?
1: Yeah, I mean I feel sorry for the villa players having to travel up there. Um I'm joking. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be a bit of a long journey, isn't it? Uh but yeah, I mean I I personally think we're gonna sweep them up. Uh I, I genuinely do. Uh I d do, I don't think Sunderland are looking uh, are are looking great at the moment. I think it's it's no secret that, that Sunderland aren't looking great at the moment. It also means that Lewis Grabban's going to be back at Sunderland as well. Um, you know, Sunderland goalkeeping uh, issues are you know are, are big at the moment as well. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll, I might go into that a little bit further as well, um, if if need be. Uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, it, for me, it's written that we should beat them. There's 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 no reason why we shouldn't sweep them away. Um, considering how poorly they've done this season um, and I think this is just a match made for us really of course Sunderland um, as many Villa fans will empathize with
0: uh, plagued by off the field issues owner Ellis Short has actually offered the club up for sale for the grand prize of well, oh, nothing Um, if you uh, are willing to take on Sunderland's quite deep debts and overheads and you're free to have the club apparently um, that's Strikes me as pretty dangerous for one, but at least under manager Chris Coleman, of course, Wales legend Chris mm-hmm. Coleman, who took his team to amazing heights in that European Championship campaign, actually has them looking like a football team. And that really is saying something, mate. I know it's a, we can joke and laugh about them, but under Simon Grayson, they were terrible. And at least there's some spark there. They're mm-hmm. only a few points out. Um, you know, it's crap down there at the bottom of the championship. It's a real dogfight. There's, there's about 10 teams who could get relegated. It's, uh, it's no secret about the problems many clubs have. Even Sheffield Wednesday, Reading, you know, these clubs are slipping. Um, so, it's, you know, it's not out of Sunderland's hands yet. One win, one huge win, mate, puts them back on the promotion path. Does that happen against Villa tomorrow? What, for Sunderland? No, I mean, you, you say that, but... That was pretty quick. That was pretty quick. No, that was. You really you really are confident of an Aston Villa win. No, it's, not, tomorrow, it's not
1: necessarily... Well, I am confident of a Villa win. I am confident of a Villa win. I, I am. But the, the, the thing with Sunderland over here is, you know, we, we can't be talking about them as if they're a mid-table side over here. This is a side who have been absolutely woeful. You know, they, they were as woeful as, as we were last season, um, I'd, I'd imagine. Uh, and as much as you say if they can win, they put some back in the promotion race. It's not incredibly tangible. Uh, at the end of the day, when you look at the championship table, let me, like, load this up. I know this is. Uh, not great radio really once again, but I, I do need to have it in front of me over here. Uh, they're not a side who are mid-table at the moment, and a loss really for them um, is is awful. Uh, and you know, getting a win really for them is is something that they they really do need. Uh, the pressure is all on them, um, if I'm totally honest. Um, so yeah, you know they, they've been poor this season. They're what 24th. They're right bottom of the table, uh, and they're one. Oh, what, they think something like three points off. Um, Uh, off the edge of that uh, and Barnsley are obviously uh, have a game in hand of them Um, so if I can make that more clear Barnsley are 21st with 34 uh, games played and 32 points Sunderland are 24th rock bottom with 35 games played and 28 points so this I mean as much as you want to say that 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 the Villa uh, have to kind of you know, uh, have to win and 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 put ourselves back in the automatic promotion playoffs. Uh, place sorry, the automatic promotion places. Sunderland really, really need to win, or uh, a relegation could well spike the death of their football club. If we're totally honest,
0: yeah, of course, Barnsley. That's a crucial game in hand. I think that everything has played into. If if you're looking to avoid relegation, most things have played into your hands. No one expected Sunderland to be this bad. They have been dire. I think I've done them a bit too much credit, actually, by the looks of things. Uh, a loss here. If the results go against them, mate, you're looking at game over.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, exactly. I, I, I do think, I mean, this is something we were worried about at Villa. I mean, it happened to Leeds United as well. I mean, all right, you look at Wolves, relegation to League One for them. They obviously rebuilt themselves and managed to get themselves back up to the Championship and now obviously going to the Premier League. But a club like Sunderland, I, I don't think they have it. You know, when, when Wolves went down and and they were almost kind of it was almost a shock. But when Sunderland going down, they've got a load of talented players who won't give anything um, and are probably on very very high wages. Uh, and they, this pressure,
0: they are a mate, they are exactly.
1: And and this pressure on them is is it really does feel like when Villa got relegated from the Premier League, it's imminent. They, I don't think they are staying up. They lack any sort of fight whatsoever. You know, for, for for players who are sort of championship level, uh, who, you know, can can deal with being in the championship or, 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 or whatever, going down might well, you know, be an absolute horror for them. You know, we need to get ourselves back up there. We need to have some pride. For some of the players at Sunderland, they have played in the Premier League or in the top division for so much of their life that going down to League One for them clearly is not an option. They don't need to fight because they will just find themselves another club. Um, and and unfortunately, I just don't see Sunderland sticking up. So this game against Villa, a Villa team which has won what eight games in ten, uh, in ten games. Um, if you're going to ask me whether they have any chance whatsoever to beat um, beat Aston Villa, I'm going to say it's very, very unlikely. Um, and uh, you know this, this this could this could well be the death of their football club if they get relegated. More on Aston Villa, mate. They go to Sunderland with a few players
0: coming back. It looks like Albert Adoma and Jack Grealish could come back into first-team contention for Steve Bruce's Aston Villa. Um, I've seen a lot of comments have actually annoyed me, mate, if you want allow me to indulge. Um, a lot of people are saying, rest Jack Grealish. I get that if he's injured. If he's still sore, if he's injured, rest him. If the man's fully fit to play, you can't afford to rest him. If you're going to... You know, he's a game winner. If... Aston Villa have played relegation Mm. candidates in the past. It's been nil-nil until 90 minutes. And Jack Grealish is the man who wins the match or makes the winning play. If you you want to, you know, save him for Wolves on a Saturday game, that isn't a definite, you know, you don't definitely get points in that match. Whereas this, you look at Sunderland, you're like, hang on, draw at the least, you know, or it's at least 80% chance of winning. If you don't play Grealish, Villa draw or lose this match because of some idiocy that happens in a game. Then you lose against Wolves. You look at that decision to bench a game winner when he's raring to go. And you question it because, you know, I'm going to straight up say, a lose here Mm. for Villa is bad. Verging on catastrophic. If you want want to think about automatic promotion, a loss here and a Cardiff win is catastrophic. It may as well end the season. Because you ain't gonna get second unless everything goes your way,
1: and it's not going to. If if Grealish is a hundred percent, then 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 fine. You know, then we we have to play him. You know that that's it at the end of the day. But if if he if he isn't a hundred percent, you gotta you you do have to consider. I mean, if if a, if it means that we play a Doma or or one of one of a Doma and Grealish, it's fine as well because we could go back to that four five one. And and play the way that that we were playing in that in that eight um in that aim game streak. But there's also a case to be made that we need our plan B, and for that plan B to work, uh, we would have to rest one of Grealish or Adoma. Uh, that that plan B that I'm talking about is the four four two with Graben and Scott Hogan up front. Now, Lewis Graben going back at going back to Sunderland, having played against them, you know, just a month ago, that does tempt me to say we play four four two, um, in which case. I'm okay with one of Grealish or Adoma being left out tactically.
0: I think that's fair play to, you know, assume to leave Adoma right. I don't know if you can, you know, make that call with Grealish. If he, you know, I think chances are he's not going to be fit. Chances are he will be rested. But it's just the insane idea that you risk this man based on the fact that you're very confident, not you, Danny, just in general, someone you, you I'm speaking to everyone, um that you're so you confident. Not not confident. You, you you genuinely think that you can win this match you can walk this game. You know, this isn't a game like Villa. Villa haven't had a great success in Sunderland away. You know, there is that four four nil win, but there's also the season when we went down, when we went up north, hoped for, you know, anything to bounce that season around and the result didn't go our way. Mm. You know, you can't you can't walk teams. You, you know, Sunderland. Are, you know, we we say Sunderland didn't going to still managed to pick up to like twenty eight so, points this year. I still managed to so, beat.
1: So, so if Adoma's injured, where are you playing, Jack?
0: I play Jack. I I play Jack where he's played. So, who's playing the on the left? Happily, Louis Scrabbon, like he did against uh, Wednesday and Preston. I think he really but did I well. Think on he the played left.
1: more further up front. If I think against Sheffield Wednesday, he definitely started out up front. Onoma played out left. We've been playing 4-4 too. Unless this is like a, this is like a, a mental sort of difference, you know, when, when you kind of like look at the team sheet, I guess.
0: Well, yeah, my view at Hillsborough was very, I'll tell you straight, it was very obscured. It was flat. Miles away from the goal and everyone <laughs> and um, but definitely, definitely against Preston, he was on the left. Um, I can say that with full confidence that he did a play on the left or the right. <laughs> he played somewhere. Um, I'm happy to say that. I'd, I'm happy to say that I'd have him sure. on a sure. win. Um, I think.
1: Yeah, look, I, 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 can, I can understand why, why. Why people? I mean, I can understand why people are worried about Gredish. They're scared that if he gets injured again, that that we we've, we we haven't got him for the rest of the season. But look, only only Steve Bruce can make that call. Only Jack Gredish and our. Uh, you know, our fitness team obviously, along with that, can make that call. Um, if he's fit, if he's trained all week, then personally, I would have him on the bench against Sunderland. But yeah, you know, it's 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 whoever's call to make. I guess it's it's Bruce's call to make. Uh, I can understand why. Um, you'd say that he should at least feature.
0: Well, definitely, if he's fit, I think playing Onama on the left is also. It is going nowhere. It's going nowhere. It's absolutely. You know, it's going. No- and that's not to say Onama's bad. It's to say that he's not a left winger and he's not going to have the same impact that Snodgrass and Adoma have. You play Conor Hurrahan in that ten. role. You don't have to change the formation much. You play Conor Hourihan in that ten role where we where Grealish was, and you put Onama in that box to box role that Hurohan was. It's it, it, it's it's simple. I I, I really have no, re, I I honestly have no idea what Onama is featuring on the left because he, okay, he he has looked decent in some like five minute spells there. But he he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that you know that like direct you know it's almost like Grealish two years ago. Yeah. He you, kind, of kind of danced the flank and he wouldn't be as direct he as he is now. He just won't do it. You know, he's, yeah. Mm.
1: I, I Yeah, we, we don't know.
0: Yeah that, that, that's frustrating. I mean people do get on his back too much. People really do get anonymous back too much um i don't i really don't think that there's a bad player there and i don't think that the attitude issues or the effort issues exist at all to be blunt um i think that he has trouble playing for aston villa to be frank i think there are issues there but i don't think it's like oh i i'm going back to spurs i can't be asked because you know pochetino's going to be looking at him playing and he's not going to be happy if he's clearly not bothering because you want players who work so I think that's that's nothing that's that's something else that come up um but yeah I, I don't expect to see Anima at all to be honest. I think his time in the sun has kind of faded with that Wednesday win, you know a magnificent four two against Wednesday he barely featured got sarcastically clapped off by the villa fans and you don't often see players come back from that, do you Bakuna was the last one if I remember yeah, correctly people. he got um sarcastically clapped off and he was sold the next people. day not, not the it's not going to happen with Onuma. Is it? it's not going to get sold? But uh.
1: people don't. People think that Onuma's not working. He's he's lazy. Uh, this is what. This is a lot of the. Um, a lot of the is it acronyms? Well, no, sorry. A lot of the adjectives that are being, that it's are being still, used the uh,
0: tropes. Yeah, it's just it's just you have to be careful <sighs> of the racial aspect as well because you know you you have a black player, he doesn't do it good enough, and suddenly he's lazy. That's
1: an interesting. That...
0: But like that, that's the thing that's said, and it's not just football that's said in. It's in the NFL. If a black player isn't trying. Or isn't producing his laser? Yeah, I,
1: I remember that. But that being what if he's white? He's fat. You know, if it's Ross McCormack or Snodgrass, he's fat. Oh yeah, he's he's fat. He's got a belly. Wayne Rooney doesn't run enough. All that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, no, it was something that was actually brought up a long time ago. Actually, with Ron Atkinson, you know, there, there was there, there was a um, I think I think it was an episode of, of of Wife Swap that Ron Atkinson was on with with, with a with a player, um, and uh, it, it, you know, is uh, the, the player's wife, obviously, you know, black player, um, said that you know one of the one of the major issues with with what Ron Atkinson since said, apart from obviously using you know the racial slur, which I'm not going to repeat, um, was was that he'd referred to Marcel Desai as, as 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 lazy, um, and you know I, could, I you know I can see where you're coming from with the with the Onama issue in, in in that respect. You know maybe it is that Josh Onama maybe is just not that mobile. You know maybe he's just not that fast. You know, maybe, maybe he is a player who's used to playing in the centre. And if I'm totally honest with you, with, with you, James, it's not, for me, with Onomo, it's not, the issue isn't that he's lazy. I don't think he's static. You know, he's moving about the pitch. He's getting in decent positions. You know, when, when when the when the balls come into the box, you know we've seen him, we've seen him do well from crosses. We've seen him do well, you know, uh, in in terms of trying to get his head to the ball. You know, he's, he's not lazy at the slightest. I, I think the issue is that people don't tend to notice him because a lot of the time out left, he looks a little bit stuck and he doesn't put the ball into the box. You know, he, he's, he's scared of putting the ball into the box. It's something that used to happen with Jack Grealish in the past as well. Uh, and I, I think I think that's the only issue. He's a central player, and he, 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 there's never a problem when he plays in behind the striker. The re- the time that I ratted off on him, I was I was ranting because we played him up front and there was just no need. But playing behind the striker, playing in central midfield, that's his position. You know, people wouldn't be saying the same thing about somebody like Berkia Bjarnason when he, if he was playing out left. No, they wouldn't. And
0: I've, there are valid concerns about Onama. And I'm not saying anyone who calls Onama lazy is racist. I'm just saying you have to be careful of using that language when it is so often directed at you know, black players. It's, you know, if you're not good enough, you're lazy. It's white-white well, well, players, if you're not good enough, you're fat. It's these stupid fallback terms that we have that are, you know, it's not intelligent criticism. It's just random, seemingly trying to find something yeah. to make you slightly happy about the fact that Villa did bad. You can just say, oh, Animal's i was always lazy. I guarantee you, it's not lazy. You know, you can't get to this level in the game
1: and be lazy. You have to work every day. You can't get picked for the England twenty ones. You can't. You can't get picked for the England twenty ones if you're lazy. You can't make it through that batch of Spurs youngsters if you're lazy. You know, I. I for, for Onoma, uh, you know, maybe he does want to be playing at a higher level, but I think he's realistic. You know, he knows that the championship's a good level, um, but he's not getting played in this position. That's not Steve Bruce's fault, by the way. Um, but it, when when Jack Grealish started in that position and when Hurahan have played in that position. You know, they, they've done that much better than him. that That's who you go with. Um, Now, I understand people are upset or have been upset that we haven't uh, had a decent winger on the wing when, when Adoma's been injured, but Adoma's been that good. You can't expect somebody like Onoma to follow it. You,
0: you, you can't at all, mate. You can't at all. Um, We've got to kind of think about this Sunderland match now. I want your prediction for it. I think you've already said it. Was it 3-0 three, three you said, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I'll go for yeah, one hundred. So just to get out on audio, three nil. I'll go for two one. Like I, I told our executive producer Trevor on Twitter earlier, who was so, de- <laughs> so decently chased us up for a uh, for predictions. I really didn't think. I really think he like, didn't want us to uh, let slip or a uh, slip up on week. No, so not- I, I I do applaud that dedication. Thank you very
1: much. Of course. I'm- I'm taking a hold of my predictions again. Um, thanks for Phil Vogel, you know, obviously with the with the substitution. I don't know if his predictions counted for me or if my predictions counted. I'll
0: let the, you know, if he's filling in your role, if he's sitting in for you, his predictions count yeah. for you. That's fine.
1: That's fine. That's fine by me. I mean, uh, look, I, I think it will be 3-0. I, I know I, it sounds like I'm just being way too harsh on Sunderland, but they really have been poor. Um, and, you know, that's just not It's just not an understatement. Do, do you know what I mean? And, and you know, they're the bottom of the table. You know they've got less than half as many goals as us. I mean, sorry, less than half as many points as You know they they've got um, injuries. They've got mad. They've got mad numbers of injuries. Duncan Watmore, James Vaughan, Mark Wilson, Darren Gibson, Robin Reuter, all injured. Um, you know, and now Jake Salter, Jake Clark Salter. Uh, you know the defender obviously has to serve a three match uh, suspension. Um, you know, the, so yeah, I just I just don't think they're they're gonna. They're going to beat us. Um, so, by the way, the other thing is, obviously Jason Steele stepping in as their goalkeeper. Uh, I, th- I, th- I think there's a chance that his wife might be giving birth over the weekend as well. Um, I'm not sure if it's happened yet or whatever. So maybe that also means that he doesn't play, um, which means there's a serious goalkeeping issue for Sunderland. Um, but Catamol and Honeymoon in their midfield, do I think they're going to be able to combat? Hoorahan, Bjornason, whoever whoever we have holding in that role, absolutely no way. Um, They'll probably play three at the back as well, um, which just means to me that Snodgrass is going to slaughter their fullbacks.
0: Yes, Robert Snodgrass has been a massive favourite for us. But that's enough about Sunderland, mate. Um, We have a massive game this weekend, 5.30 kickoff on TV. It's uh, Wolves, the mighty, quote-unquote, the mighty Wolves, are coming to Villa Park to take on Aston Villa in the very first derby between the two of them. I don't remember a <laughs> Wolves-Villa <laughs> match being so intense. Um, it's usually been quite an amicable affair. It's been quite friendly. Um, I mean, I discount the last game we had where Villa were dirty bastards. I'll be <laughs> completely upfront about that. And we probably could have had uh, two red cards in that Was game. Was that um, Oh, for, I'll go for three then. Um, Conor Hurahan kicking out off the ball weirdly for such, such a you know a model professional and jonathan codger getting involved in something that ended with him slapping the wolves defender danny Buff around the head mm. so uh that wasn't great and not a good look for villa and wolves have went from strength to strength since but there's a, a slight muddling a slight linking the you know a breaking of the chain now um they haven't won in about three or four three games and um, it yeah three games um Not a good look for Wolves, who are dropping a few points. Cardiff really on them now, six points behind. Cardiff were obviously being written off just a few weeks ago as Aston Villa charged up the table, and look at the difference now. Wolves really need to win. If, If they want this title, they need to win out, because any points dropped, teams like Villa, Cardiff, especially Fulham... Are going to look to gain and aim for that. You know, that second point, that second place is up for taking. And uh, Wolves have a have a heavy distance to fall. It's in their hands, mm. but that that means all the pressures on. Right? Yeah,
1: the, the pressures on them. Obviously, everybody wants to beat them, but they they, they are a good side. They're very capable. So I, I do think that you know them losing losing that position at the top of the at the table is is a bit of a stretch. I I, I understand that they are quite far ahead in the table, obviously. Um, Oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I've just looked at the table. It's they're only six points ahead of Cardiff. Okay, you know what? I've changed my stance. I didn't realise they were that close. All right. So, yeah, six, they're six points ahead of Cardiff, nine points um, ahead of us. Yeah, they're, they're under pressure. They really are under pressure. Uh, the, the first game that they drew, obviously, was against Sheffield Wednesday. Um, the second game that they drew no sorry the first game they drew was against Preston North End the second game that they drew was against Norwich um and then obviously getting absolutely hammered by Fulham 2-0 in the same way that uh, we got hammered by Fulham as well um away at Craven Cottage obviously um but you know in a game where they were caught offside quite a lot you know where they were really really poor in terms of committing fouls and you know just didn't just didn't finish whatsoever helder uh, costa um Ivan Caballero, both of them were were a bit off color um, you know, so I, 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 it does, it does show that, you know, maybe the wheels are falling off just a little bit. It might just be a blip, though. It might be a blip in the same way that Villa had a little bit of a blip. Um, you know, it's, it's only three games when you think about it. And when you consider that Fulham and Preston and Norwich were all involved with those, you can kind of understand, um, it being a little bit of an issue. Having said that, James, they're playing Leeds United Tuesday night and, uh obviously we're we talking about a match which is, you know, a little bit further in the future than that. Um I'd I would keep my eyes on that game just to see uh just to see how well they bounce back against them. Um otherwise, yeah, it could be a little bit of a free fall.
0: I mean, if you look at Leeds Ellen Road is an easy place, it's not an easy place for any team to go to, poor despite run. Leeds' kind of poor season. Yeah, very you know, Arkansas, it's a disaster of a season for Leeds who you know they were they were leading topping the table mm. at one point. They were the Wolves. You know, if you look back into last year, they were the Wolves at the table. They were the team that's going to take it all and now um, 10th, 12th position. Not good, but the pressure, you know, points gained for Leeds if they win this match. And, you know, if Wolves lose and Villa beat them, that's, you know, Villa could make up some huge distance. So if Villa beats Sunderland and Wolves lose and Villa beat Wolves, with Wolves obviously losing to Villa, Filler make up six points on Wolves within a space of you know, yeah, yeah, three or four days. That's four points. Then, then you're four points off the title. Cardiff, you have to assume, would win out. So Cardiff would immediately be on, on Wolves points, but uh, barring goal difference. So you haven't completely... you know,
1: The dynamics
0: yeah, of the top yeah, of the table change.
1: I mean, there's, there's, there's a situation that could arise where Wolverhampton... I mean, it, it's it's. I don't think it's very likely, but there's a situation which could arise where Wolves end up dropping points and Villa and Cardiff end up doing really well and then Villa end up finishing second and Wolves end up in the playoffs. It's, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But there's 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 a scenario where, where that does happen. Uh, now, against Villa, you know, you talk about players getting injured in an important part of the season or, you know, you're losing big players in an important part of the season. You know, against Wolverhampton Wanderers, I think we need to pack that midfield and go go back to our trusty 4-5-1 with Bjarne in the back. Uh, trying to... And I think we need to learn from that last game that we had against Wolves. We need to try and control that midfield because Ruben Neves is spending. A player who's been incredible uh, for Wolves all season. You know, one of their standout performers and a player which really did... Uh, which really did run things against us in the last game against them. You know, we need to stay disciplined. We need to start... We need to try and play on the front foot this time having learned from you know the early part of the season and yeah take advantage of the fact that they've lost their best midfielder
0: take the game to him mate is what I think you're saying
1: so one player who is going to be key for Aston Villa I'm against Wolves Bionison. who is it for you I'm, I'm saying am saying because I think that that game is going to be all to do with how well our anchor does because I remember at the start of the season when we played Wolves our issue was the fact that we were not going forward ag- enough against them. I remember Glenn Whelan getting absolutely played off the pitch. I remember Conor Hourahan having one of his worst games of the season. And I just feel with if if we can start our play right and obviously try to control that centre of the park, it means that we can get some freedom for guys like Kurahan for like Grealish to run up the pitch a little bit further. Uh, and I think also we need to be able to take advantage of that um, of of the fact that Wolves will probably be playing three at the back and you know um also be able to deal with the fact that they'll be playing with three up front uh and i think you know generally to me that means that the anchor is going to be incredibly important that might just me talking tactical out my ass but that's that's just what i see being important we need some we need somebody who's going to be able to intercept properly uh in the center prevent that ball going over to Jota all the time um, prevent the overheads, something which we, we which we didn't do very well against Wolves either uh, last time out. And and yeah, just make sure that we're running the play how we want to. So that's my opinion. I think Bjarne is going to be the most important.
0: It's going to be a huge game regardless of who turns up for it. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a game a lot of people are looking forward to. It seems like a really big rivalry is brewing between Aston Villa and Wolves right now. Uh, from what it seems on social media, it might not reflect the real world at all. But Wolves certainly live in the high life, but Aston Villa can bring them down to earth. My prediction for this, mate, and I want to hear yours after,
1: I think mm. it is actually going to be a 1-1 one, one draw. It's hard to, hard to predict, between the two of them. I would say. I think the Wolves obviously got the better of us last time out. I think the way that they're playing at the moment and the fact that... They're not quite putting out the performances they should be. It does... Uh, it doesn't bode incredibly well for them. I think, as you say, the pressure is going to be on them. And I personally believe Villa will sneak out a victory over here. That's just the way I see it going. I don't see these kinds of games ending in draws. I can't I can't see a game between Wolverhampton Wanderers and Aston Villa ending in a draw. It will be whoever gets that momentum to start with. That might well be Wolverhampton Wanderers. It's just as likely that Wolverhampton Wanderers do it. If you're asking me for a prediction, I can't predict a draw over here. I can't see either. I can't see both these teams settling for it. So yeah, somebody's going somebody's gonna to get disappointed by the end of this. Um, and I'd rather it be Wolverhampton Wanderers. So I'm going to let my heart just kind of pull this one over the line for me over here. I'm going to go with a 2-1 Aston Villa win. I
0: have to applaud you for that. I, I do hope it's a win, as I said. two wins for Villa, two losses for Wolves, realistic scenario. It changes everything. Um, but we don't, we can't afford Villa to lose in any of these games because again, that changes everything.
1: Any final thoughts, mate, before we uh, wrap up and end the show? Any final thoughts? I've got about two weeks of Aston Villa final thoughts, haven't I? To be fair. Uh, it almost feels like I've missed the whole period of, um, of us having Jack Grealish and Adoma injured. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say that at this point of the season now, uh, we were hoping uh, at this, you know, I mean, when I think, you know, round about December time, we wouldn't have dreamed of being anywhere near where we are right now. And I would say that we've been waiting for the business end of the season for a long time. We've always been saying the business end. Um, but now really is that push. If we were looking for some excitement in our lives as Aston Villa fans, and now is that excitement, drink it all in. Drink it all in because we are in a promotion battle right now and we're actually in the title race as well if we are three if we are really 9 points behind. So yeah, that's what I'm saying to Villa fans, drink it all in, enjoy it. Um it's going to be a fun few weeks, but let's just hope that it starts with a win against Sunderland and an even bigger win against Wolverhampton Wanderers.
0: Perfect. Couldn't have put it any better myself. I'm looking forward to two big wins. But Aston Villa don't always live up to expectations. So we'll catch you Next Sunday, I know we were a bit late in recording this week, but we'll catch you next Sunday after the Wolves game to uh, hopefully hopefully join together in elation after a, a great, well-earned six points. Hopefully that's the case. And we'll uh, see you next week. Goodbye.